Welcome Broncos Boardroom Blitz listeners. You are in for a treat today. During my internship with the Broncos, I was very fortunate to spend some time with Broncos legend Steve Atwater. As fan development manager, Steve impacts both the organization and all of Broncos country. This episode will focus on how Steve found a home with the Broncos marketing team after his playing days. Without further ado, it is now time for episode five of the Broncos Boardroom Blitz podcast. Well, today we're in for a good one. I have with me here Steve Atwater, former free safety for the Broncos, eight-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, Broncos legend, ring of famer. Steve, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Absolutely, man. This has been a pleasure working with you and anything I could do to help. Fantastic. One of the interesting things as I've done this podcast is learned about different people's backgrounds and you generally hear a very consistent story. Oh, I really was passionate about sports and I played sports, but I wasn't good enough. So I decided to go into sports business. You, on the other hand, got to live out that dream that many of us wanted. So let's just start from the beginning and let's talk briefly about your background, where you grew up, your interest in football and sort of how that led you to being a player for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I started playing football when I was eight years old. My dad split up and my mom, she had a boyfriend at the time who was a very nice man. And I remember him taking me to the park with them and we watched these little league football players practice and it was so lively. I saw the guys, you know, running around in their groups, all the, you know, different teams. They were doing little chants. The name of the team was Royal Knights and I thought it was pretty cool and he didn't put any pressure on me. But when we were on our way back home, he's like, hey, do you want to join the team? You I was like, yeah, I think that would be fun. And the next day he went and signed me up. And from there, I just really enjoyed playing the sport, enjoying meeting all the friends and just having a relationship with coaches and people all across town. It was, it was really a good experience for me. So you uh, kept playing and then ended up at Arkansas. When did you realize that your professional aspirations could actually come to fruition? Oh, you know what? Uh, it wasn't until... After my sophomore year, one of the guys that played on the team, he was a safety as well. He played in front of me, and he went in the second round. And I figured, like, well, you know, we're pretty similar. I think if I worked hard, I could possibly get to that level too. And just, you know, seeing him get drafted in the second round just somehow got me focused on football and, you know, got me to where I was seriously just, you know, trying to be the best player that I could be. Didn't do a lot of drinking. That got me to where I just didn't do all the things that were bad for my body and just took the focus away from football. So that inspiration, a guy on my team that I played with, getting drafted in the second round. And and then uh, I remember I was in the training room with that trainer one day and I was complaining about my hands. And he's like, man, those hands are going to make you some money one day. And right then I was like, oh, wow, he must know something that I don't know. Because they never really talked to me about professional football, the teams, or I wasn't, hadn't been talking to any agents, so everything was totally new to me. But when he said that, that gave me a little bit of an indication that, hey, you, you're on the right track, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Well, first of all, it's pretty wild that it took him to spark that thought of, oh my God, I'm going to actually do this. And then obviously worked out, drafted in uh, the first round by the Broncos. And I'll definitely come back and fan out a little bit about your uh, illustrious career. But for the purposes of this podcast and sports business, 
At one point in your career, did you start thinking about life after football and sort of the different career possibilities? Was it while you were in the midst of it or was it after? Yeah, it was definitely while I was in the midst of it. I remember when I was in college, I took some classes, I majored in business, got my degree in finance and banking. And I took this class on stock trading. And I remember uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend back then, I remember telling her, like, this is like legalized gambling, you know, just the stock market, buying stocks, betting on whether it's going to go up or go down. And back in college, we used to do a little bit of gambling, you know, a little bit of tunk and spades and, you know, no no big money. (laughs) I really enjoyed that class. And then once I got into the league, got a little money, I started doing some trading and investing. And I was thinking that when I got out, that's what I would do is uh, do something in the financial industry. And then uh, I started getting into real estate and ended up buying some properties while I played here in Colorado and had those for for quite a while. And so, yeah, I was uh, thinking about it early on. Absolutely. And so after you finished your career, there was still some time before you ended up with the Broncos. I know you did more stock trading. You, I believe, did a program at Stanford. Can you speak to a little bit of your life post your career before you ended up with the Broncos? Yeah. Right when I finished playing, uh, I remember talking to some guys. I talked to Ronnie Lott. He's a good friend of mine. Some other guys that were doing broadcasting, they were saying, man, you get into broadcasting right away, it'll be a lot easier, and it's something that you know. But for me, I was like, nah, man, I want to I, I do real estate. I want to do stocks. And so I went ahead. I didn't listen to them, and I went ahead and went my own route. I owned a few, couple of franchises, a, a Homevestors franchise that says, we buy ugly houses. I uh, have those big billboards all up over the place. I had that for a few years, and then I sold it, and... And I went and got my real estate license and got my broker's license. And this time I was living in Georgia and ended up buying a bunch of properties down there, renting them out. And then I got a property management company. But I still wasn't truly fulfilled, you know. Uh, I was always kind of wanting more. And so I moved up to Maryland because uh, a couple of my kids were in school up that way and they were playing football. We wanted to be a little closer to them. So... I got rid of most of my stuff in Atlanta, my houses and that. And uh, I had a an ATM business up in Maryland. Wow. Uh, it was a little franchise and had that for a few years. And I sold that. wasn't nearly as profitable and, and a lot more running around than I had anticipated. Uh, a lot more maintenance on the machines and that. So, And then I got the opportunity to come back with the Broncos and uh, sold that quickly and uh, was able to make the move back here to Denver and uh, make the transition. Very cool. So sort of speaking around that, as soon as you retired and you're participating in different ventures, sort of trying to figure out what's going to be most fulfilling to you, just curious on the resources you used, whether it was through the NFL or the Broncos, are you kind of on your own after your playing career? Are there people you can go to? Like, I guess, who are some of the people you looked up to as role models for what to do and how to frame your life post-career? Yeah, well, you know what? I really didn't, uh, I really didn't use a lot. You yeah. know, I was basically going off what, what I wanted to do. And I went in, I got my real estate license. I studied for the test, passed the test. And of course, when I bought the different businesses, the Homevestors franchise, the property management franchise, I talked to some people who were in the business, but I didn't talk to any former players or I didn't really use any NFL resources for that. But a lot of the resources that are available now, most of them weren't available back when I retired. Uh, and now they're resources galore for retired players. And I think even with all the resources that are available, a lot of former players don't realize how much is available. 
So I pretty much was kind of doing it on my own. And I thought about getting into coaching. I remember when I was uh, had my property management business in Georgia, Mike Shanahan, who was my head coach, I want to say for five years, he became the head coach of the Washington Redskins. And Uh, I got in contact with him and asked him if I could do a coaching internship with him. And uh, he said, yeah. And I went up there and did that. I really liked coaching, uh, but it was a ton of time, ton of film watching and that. And uh, I just wasn't sure I wanted to make that jump right then. And also I had my property management company that uh, when I I was gone for, you know, three weeks or something and I was calling back home. My wife, she was trying to keep everything going. And I was like, I got to get back home. I got my business. I got to. I got to take care of. So, I uh, didn't really fully explore that. So yeah, that's kind of how all that went down. It's kind of interesting because you clearly, from your college days, had this interest in business. So when this opportunity with the Broncos came up as manager of fan development, was it basically a no-brainer, or what about the role really appealed to you? And can you speak a little bit to what the role entails? in the present moment yeah well I remember talking with my boss Mac Freeman and uh, I come to town a couple of times and he said all right man you move back to Denver we're going to get an office for you and I didn't think he was serious and then I saw him down in Tampa we talked and he kind of said the same thing and so we were up in Maryland my both of my older sons had graduated from the schools up there and we were trying to decide where we were going to move. And we, we, we got our kids involved because once they start having families, we want to be near our grandkids. So we asked them where do they think they would want to live, you know, eventually. Um, and all of them said Colorado. Wow. And, and my wife and I, we had talked about it before, but never pulled the trigger. And um, But after hearing them say that, we came to the consensus that, hey, that's what we need to do. And packed up and you know we came out and found a house and once we, we found a house I called Mac up and said Mac were you serious about that because I didn't know you know I, I didn't come out here thinking that I was going to be working for the Broncos I just thought I was moving back to Colorado and he said yeah I'm serious man we, you know we would love to have you as a part of the organization and so we, we came and met and we probably talked for 15 minutes and it was kind of a win-win deal I think from Mac's point of view he felt like I could be utilized on the business side, I guess my personality in that, he, he saw some value in that. And what I didn't know, though, was the radio show. <laughs> I didn't know I would be doing a radio show. And that's an integral part uh, of the of the role that, uh, that I have now, uh, three hours a day on the radio, Orange and Blue 760, uh, iHeartRadio. It's uh, been a great learning experience for me. And again, I didn't know I was going into it, but Mac uh, told me after uh, after we consummated everything, hey, I think I got your radio show. I'm like, well, radio show? Wait a minute. We didn't talk about a radio show. But I uh, dove in, and I'm really enjoying it, and the guys that I'm on the radio with, uh, they've helped me out so much just in terms of trying to teach me how to, how to go about having good topics to talk about, how to dig deep into conversations and make it the worst entertaining. You know, it's, it's not just football stats, but we're also people sometimes riding the cars. They want to be entertained a little bit and want to have some smiles on their faces while listening and hearing about uh, their favorite team, the Broncos. Absolutely. Well said. So outside of your radio commitment, what are some of your other responsibilities now uh, with the Broncos? Yeah. Also, uh, when there are different events in the community, 
with the Broncos is really the only team in the NFL that's affiliated with a boys and girls club and provide a lot of funding for it. I spend some time over there from time to time. The NFL alumni do an annual golf tournament here, and I participate in the golf tournament. Uh, we have our alumni meetings here. You probably you've come outside and seen us in the meetings here. We normally meet at 7 o'clock in the morning once a month. Also some stuff with some of the sponsors, uh, UC Health Training Center, and also the Children's Hospital here in Colorado. We team up with them to help try and raise money for the Children's Hospital. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, get a chance to meet a, a lot of wonderful people and a lot of the sponsors. Get a chance to know them, at, you know, not only as hey, they see me as Steve Atwater, the football player, but they get a chance to meet me as a person. I get a chance to meet them and just really an amazing opportunity. Absolutely. And it sort of ties into my next question. I think one of your biggest strengths from what I've seen is just your ability to connect with people, whether it's the fan base as a whole, whether it's simply people on the business side of the Broncos, like on our floor, like I'm just an intern. I've been here for a few months and it's always been such a pleasure to like run into you in the halls or just, Hey, say what up, Steve. And even just the fact that you like knew my name really early on. I mean, that was something that I thought was really cool and, and powerful. And I'm just curious if you could speak a little bit more to that quality. And I think that's, it's one of the most underrated components of working in sports business is it's not only just the work you're doing, but it's the social connections you're making throughout the office. Is that something you've had to develop over time? Is that more an innate uh, skill? Well, uh, I think I've been pretty good with getting getting along with people for a long time. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a person who likes positive people. I like being around positive people. I like positive vibes. I don't like negativity. I don't like talking about bad stuff. Well, I know sometimes you got to have difficult discussions, but I just don't like being around negative people. And, you know, fortunately, the Broncos is an organization where we have positive people all over the building here, down at Dove Valley, and it makes it really, really fun to, to come to work. But, yeah, you're right. It's a quality that a lot of youngsters take for granted. I think a lot of young people feel like, hey, I got the knowledge. I can be a jerk. But it doesn't work like that, though, because, you know, you always got to work with people and people making decisions about whether they're going to keep you, whether they're going to hire you. And if they feel like it wouldn't be an enjoyable situation working with you, you may if they feel like you're a person who is going to make their workforce sour and negative then the chances are they'll pass on you even though you may be the smartest person for the job you know they figure hey if somebody who has a great attitude they'll come in and work hard and be able to get along with the team and we can teach that person how to get to that next level in terms of the knowledge and the the technical details but i don't think anything replaces that good positive attitude absolutely and building off that you've seen a lot of people sort of in your craft as a player. You've met a lot of people through sports business. Building off what you just said, what are some of the traits that you find of truly successful people in this industry? Oh, man. One is, you know, self-motivated. People who can get up without someone waking them up and, you know, they don't have to be looked over and, you know, have to check on them every five minutes to see what they're doing. Just hard workers and people who communicate well. And also people who treat other people kind of the way they want to be treated. People who genuinely care about other people. We interviewed one of the players today on the radio station, Garrett Bowles, and it was so touching. He was telling us on the radio a story about how he feels about his teammates. He, they say he tells all his teammates that he loves them and 
because of a situation when he was younger, someone came into his life and he said he was at the time doing some negative things, but because this person came into his life and told him that they loved him and they cared about him and they showed him that they loved him, that he he changed his life around and uh, he want, that's the message he wants to, sh- to share. He wants to spread that message of love and caring to make the Denver Broncos organization better, the team better, and ultimately make this world better. That's that's amazing. And anytime you're sort of going down a path that you may not want to be going down, it's important to acknowledge and realize that, but also try and leverage, you know, the people around you who can sort of help you get out of that. So I'm curious from your perspective as a player, as someone working in business, who's part of your support system and even kind of building off that, who are some of the biggest mentors you've had in both facets of your career? Yeah, well, one, I remember my rookie year, my coach, his name was Charlie Waters. Uh, He had played for the Dallas Cowboys. He taught me how to be a professional. He, along with, uh, of course, Dennis Smith, but his jersey's down in in Mr. Boland's uh, (laughs) office, his other uh, main office down there. Charlie Waters won. He was, again, my defensive backs coach. He had played in the NFL, had NFL experience, and could really talk to me in a language that I could understand in terms of why I should do some things, why I shouldn't do other things, and kind of how to lead my life as a as a young guy. You know, I was you know kind of looking for that guidance, and he gave it to me. And then playing on the field with Dennis Smith, him kind of showing me how to be a better football player, I mean, how he led his life, how he lived you know his his life with his wife and his kids was uh, just very inspiring to me, and I wanted to be like him. So those guys who I tried to model myself after. And of course, my father, he's been in my life, my whole life. Great man, worked very hard, trying to provide for, you know, my family and I, and I have a ton of respect for him and my mom. And I I could always talk to them about, you know, any issues that I've had. And then my wife, we've been married for 27 years, maybe 28 years this year. So yeah, I have quite a few people that uh, I've leaned on over the years for, you know, when I've had some, you know, low moments and, you know, moments where uh, I'm like, man, I'd be glad when this is over with. And it, it seems like I've always kind of had the mentality that, hey, you know, even when things are bad, it's going to get good. You know, when you when you had the bad times, it's not going to stay bad. Look forward to the good times. And when it's going good, I never tried to get too high because I know, hey, just around the corner, there's going to be something else to kind of bring you right back. Absolutely. Yeah. Um- the mindset of moderation and not sort of getting too high or too low, I think is really important to maintain just a full calm level of mental uh, satisfaction. Would you say that you, since you've been on working more on the business side, you've developed any relationships with mentors in the field? Yeah, I have. Again, the guys that I work with, Andrew Mason, Ryan Edwards, uh, I can talk to them about anything, any questions radio related and Macy's like a, we call him the human sports cyclopedia. You know, he knows anything and he knows how to research stuff and come up with it so quickly. So, yeah, those two I, I lean on quite a bit. I also have a friend, uh, a guy named Solomon Wilcots. Alfred Williams, my good buddy, uh, told me about Solomon. And I'd I known Solomon from back when I played in the Super Bowl, but he gave me his number. He said, just reach out to him. You know, he's been doing this for a long time. You know, he can kind of steer you in the right direction in terms of mentoring you, helping out however you need to be helped out. Yeah, I've been fortunate that I have guys that I can pretty much talk to about anything. 
That's great. Last few questions here with Steve Atwater, a Super Bowl champion, eight-time Pro Bowler. Am I missing any accolades? Ho- no, no, no. You got them all. You got them all. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you going forward? Like, how do you see this career projecting? I mean, I know you didn't necessarily know you were going to get into radio, but you've clearly found like a really comfortable space there in in that world. Like, could you see yourself diving more into the broadcasting world? Like. Could you see yourself on the coaching and the player side? I mean, as a former football player, I feel like there are a lot of options for you in the industry should you choose to uh, stay in it. So just curious on what sort of you're thinking going forward. Yeah, I mean, I believe I could have gone into coaching, but I think I would have had to do that earlier on. Uh, There have been so many great coaches that have gone up the ranks, have put the time in coaching, and uh, it wouldn't really be fair for me to come in and just leapfrog those guys and all the years that they put in. And fortunately, in the radio industry, a lot of times on shows, they want to have some type of personality, a guy who's kind of played the sport. So I kind of fit into that mode, you know, quite seamlessly. And I talk football all day long. So I doubt that I would go into coaching. In addition, with coaching, if for some reason the team doesn't do well, a lot of times the coaches end up going away. And like, I, I want to stay here in Colorado for the rest of my life. So uh, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the traits that I think you, know, you were known for as a player, you know, competitive fire, your toughness. You know, most people will know you from your a couple of famous hits, whether it be a Koye or in Super Bowl 32. Yeah. I'm curious on if you've seen any parallels. Are you finding a portal in this new career path you're in, whether it be through the radio or the business side or interacting with fans, in which you're able to really leverage these traits, or is it just completely two separate worlds? Yeah, it's, it's, it really is two separate worlds. Yeah. Uh, you know, the emotions, the the highs that you got from you know running out to a crowd of sixty, eighty thousand fans. You know, you, that can't really be replicated. But I guess for me, the joy comes in knowing that I'm with a wonderful organization who cares about people and that's making a difference, not only in the lives of all the employees, but in the lives of fans through the entertainment that we provide to the community with all of the different charitable organizations that the Broncos are involved with. And I get a chance to be a small part of all of it and really allows me to be included with a lot more because if I wasn't affiliated with the Broncos, there's no way I could do as much stuff as I'm able to do with so many different organizations. And so it really is, again, a blessing. But in terms of where I see myself going from here, I, I see myself continuing to do the things we do in season. I, I, don't, I don't know how much of that will change and continue to do things in the community via the Broncos and also continue to develop as a radio personality with my two partners. You know, nothing ever lasts forever, but uh, as long as this opportunity is here in terms of the radio and that, I want to continue to get better and and have fun doing it. That makes a ton of sense. Ties into my final question, which I've been asking all the podcast guests, and that's basically, you know, what inspires you to be in this business and what is going to keep inspiring you to be in this business 10 years from now? I mean, as an example, I know important family is to you, like you've talked about, and you know, your son is a fellow intern with myself. Yeah. I mean, what sort of uh, light in the fire within you that is keeping you here and keeping you happy and keeping you Steve Atwater? Yeah. Well, I mean, this this organization is, is special to me. I was drafted here back in 1989. I was, what, 23 years old. 
and I've, I've grown up right here in, inside with, with, with the Denver Broncos and with all the coaches, all the personnel people, all of the wonderful people on the business side, all the people down at Dove Valley, the trainers, the, the grounds crew. You know, they helped mold me into the person that I am today and just to be blessed enough to be able to work with the organization and help touch the lives of, of our fans and the state of Colorado through Again, a lot of nonprofit organizations and the different things we do, even the Alzheimer's Association with Mr. Pat Boland, it's a blessing. And again, well, I haven't said this, but Pat Boland, you know, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a few years ago, and his wife was recently diagnosed with it as well. They have a very special place in my heart. I almost feel like I'm, I'm their children, you know. I feel like I got another set of parents with those two. And... I know that if Mr. Bolden, if he could say things to me and talk to me the way that he used to, he would tell me, hey, Steve, I want you here, you know, and I want you to be this type of person and make me proud. You know, that's, I always think about that. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end it, Steve. It's uh, truly been an honor. I really appreciate you taking the time today. I think this is uh, one of the more fascinating just conversations I've ever had. So thank you so much. Man, thank you, man, and best wishes always. You know, you ever need anything, man, phone call away. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing from one of the truly great people in the Broncos organization. On deck, we have another veteran of the sports business industry in Broncos Director of Marketing, Ted Santiago. Ted has worked across multiple professional sports teams and has a breadth of knowledge when it comes to marketing in the sports industry. The type of marketing that you do all depends on the organization that you're with. I would say 80% of sports teams, if you work in the marketing department, your sole focus is ticket sales. Until next time, keep hustling.